The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Are you a saint or are you a sinner? Well, what is a saint? A saint is one who has utterly and completely given over his life to Jesus Christ. A saint is one who chooses Jesus and no longer walks in bitterness or anger, no longer walks in sin of the flesh, He's been washed and made new. He is a new creature in Christ Jesus. And I come calling you, urging you to get right with Jesus. Now, as I've been praying about this whole relationship with Jesus, this whole issue of of being a Christian, it seems to me that Somehow, many of us have at one time or another found ourselves with the church, with doctrine, with beliefs, but somehow we have lost that personal connection with Jesus. And so there seems to be an effort, a duty for those things that we're called upon to give or to do. But a coldness comes in. A casualness comes in. And the world seems to grow in size and in importance and we focus on what's happening in our life. We focus on those things that are giving us pain or anguish. We focus on our relationships. But Jesus is somehow very distant from us. I was facing a very painful and difficult issue as I have prayed for a new believer. And as I've been crying out to the Lord for this person, I just kept hitting this dark, cold wall. And I was not breaking through. I asked others to join me in praying. The wall was very solid, very difficult to break through. And a dear brother said to me, you're going to have to breach that wall, Pastor. You cannot respond by withdrawing. You cannot respond by giving up. That wall has to be broken through. A part of me said, look, it's simply too hard a case. 
I can't get through. I give up. I walk away. I give up on this person and I give up on having any influence in their life. But this dear brother said, No, Pastor, you've got to get in the prayer closet and you've got to break through. And so in the late hours of last night, I was before the Lord. And I came to a very clear understanding that I want to share with you today. It's about saint and sinner issues. As I prayed, and this great dark wall rose before me, I could not make a successful assault against it. I could bind it in the name of Jesus. I could say, according to the scriptures in Mark, the 11th chapter, I command this mountain to be removed into the depths of the sea, and there was nothing. I could not pierce that darkness. It was not until I stood back from that dark wall. And I began to confess before Jesus my utter weakness and inability where I said to the Lord, I simply cannot get through this wall. It is impossible for me to make a successful assault against this wall. Jesus, you are strong, and your blood broke the back of Satan at the cross. Jesus, I need you. I don't need to pierce this wall because I cannot do it. But Jesus, you are the God of heaven and earth, and you can break through this wall. And I'm asking now, out of my own utter inability and my utter weakness before you, Would you break through this wall? And in moments the wall had crumbled. It was as though I saw it crumble to the ground before me. I was exhausted. I went to bed. At five this morning the Lord awakened me and said, Come. I came back into the presence of the Lord and I checked to make certain that the wall was broken. It was a heap of rubble. I said, Lord, I could not pierce that wall, but you have. I confess to you my utter weakness and my utter inability. 
I don't want your Holy Spirit to use him to do the work of the gospel. I want your Holy Spirit to use me to do whatever you need me to do. And so I'm going to first of all just confess my utter inability to break through that dark wall. I confess my absolute lack. And I come now and I begin, Jesus, to praise and to worship you. And my spirit just began to soar as I, as I worshiped Jesus, as I praised him, as I honored his mighty name and thanked him for piercing that wall. Now, I had not seen anything yet in the physical realm to tell me that that wall was pierced. But I knew it was finished. And I had to confess and repent of trying to turn away in my own strength, in my own bitterness, in my own anger that I could not break through. As I began to confess that and weep before the Lord, His presence came so sweet, so powerfully. He began to speak to me out of the Scriptures called me to a very specific chapter where he has made me precious promises in the past. He renewed those promises to me this morning. O worm Jacob, O little Israel. And he reaffirmed those precious promises to me regarding what he would do do in this city and all I could do was bask in his presence it was as though he were right here in the room with me the love and the joy the peace that flooded my heart the absolute certainty of his presence and of his power and the absolute certainty of my weakness and my inability. And I rejoiced in him. I spent many hours this morning just resting in his presence, praising and worshiping him. And then when I was given permission to leave. I contacted that person and found that the wall had come down and that they were willing to talk. And I could begin to speak to them the word of God. And I rejoiced. I rejoiced in his mercy and his love. What I'm trying to say to you today, I'm not quite sure how to say, but let me try. We have not been called to be sinners. We have been called in the present to be saints. 
to recognize our utter weakness, our inability. And I come today to you on this radio broadcast confessing before you my absolute inability to take you across the Jordan into the presence of God. I confess before you I do not have the wisdom or the strength. I don't have the spiritual maturity. I don't have the fullness of human ability. I'm an inadequate scholar. I'm an inadequate theologian. I'm an inadequate pastor. I don't have the ability to bring you to Jesus. I have no strength. I cannot bring you to Jesus by preaching on this radio station. But I know, I know and fellowship with Jesus Christ. And so today I glory in my weakness. I glory in my lack. Because Jesus is more than enough. Jesus can come to you right now and he's willing to break down that dark, dark wall of ice and stone that separates your heart from Jesus. He wants to come to you and he wants to break down those barriers and that self-condemnation. He wants to break down that bitterness that fills your soul. He wants to break that sexual affair. He wants to break the power of that pornography. He wants to break the lies. He wants to break the stonewalling against him that has been in your heart. I don't have the power to do that. But Jesus does. And I come preaching Jesus. He is the sweetest I know. He is everything to me. Now this brings me to the, the core of what I want to say to you today. You cannot rest in being a Catholic. You cannot rest in being a Baptist or a Presbyterian or a Lutheran. You cannot rest in being an Assemblies of God or a Pentecostal. You cannot rest in being an independent community church. You cannot rest in theology. You cannot rest in the structures of the church. You cannot rest in saying the Hail Marys or the Our Fathers. You cannot rest in that. This, this is very personal to Jesus, and everything about the faith in Christ is personal to him. 
You must rest in Jesus himself. You cannot rest in a tradition. You cannot rest in your theological understandings. You must rest in Jesus himself. And the question I bring to you, are you a saint or are you a sinner? If you are a sinner, you are lost. But you can be found. Jesus is searching for the lost sheep, the lost lamb. Many of you are lost, trusting in your church, trusting in your pastor, trusting in your traditions trusting in your self-sufficiency, trusting in your own strength. Brother, sister, you have no strength. And either you will submit to the Lord Jesus and give yourself fully to him as the man, as the God of heaven and earth, as the Son of Man and the Son of God, either you will give yourself totally to him and allow him full rule over your heart, or you are a sinner, And only saints will go to heaven. So the question that must be asked of you today, are you a sinner? Or are you a saint? Peter said to Jesus, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, Will you really lay down your life for me? I tell you the truth, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Oh, Peter would finally lay his life down for Jesus. And if you are going to enter into the kingdom of God in a real way, in a personal way, you are going to have to lay down your life for Jesus and you are going to have to get through and past this disowning of Jesus. Let me be very frank with you. Many of you have disowned Jesus and have clung to your own heart. You know about Jesus. You know you're a part of the church. And if I were to ask you, you'd say, Oh, yes, Pastor, I'm saved. I'm a Christian. But the fact is, many of you are not saved. Many of you have trusted in your church and your theology and a sentimental little assent in your heart. But you are not saved. You have not been made righteous yet. There is still sin in your heart. A pastor asked a woman, in fact, it was Jesse Penn Lewis. He asked her, Have you let go of all sin in your heart? Have you been made clean and do you have a pure heart? And she responded with frank honesty. She said, Pastor, I've never heard about that. Is it possible for me to no longer walk in sin? 
and he joyfully told her what the true gospel is. Many years ago, he told her what the true gospel was, that when you enter into Jesus Christ, you're crucified with him. And when you are resurrected, you are resurrected as a new creature in Christ, and you have left your sin behind. You have been made clean. And so I ask you again today, are you a saint or are you a sinner? Now this is a very personal question, but it's also a very personal question to Jesus. Because he died on Calvary that you could be a saint. He came to destroy the work of the devil. He came to destroy sin. He came to set you free. Because he wanted you. He wanted you in him and he wanted to be in you. He wanted to come in and direct the affairs of your life. In John 14, verse 1, Do not let your hearts be troubled. This is said right after Jesus has said to Peter, "You Will you, will you really lay down your life for me? I tell you the truth, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Now many of you have disowned Jesus more than three times. Every time your anger and bitterness have come streaming out, you have denied Jesus. Every time you've lied and cheated, every time you've stolen, every time you've been filled with pride and ambition, you have denied Jesus. This is all personal with Jesus. He takes it personally. But you remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, and he will say to them, Depart from me, because I don't know you. These were the religionists. These were the people who were promoting their careers. These were people who were absorbed by themselves. They didn't understand that they had to be found in Jesus Christ. Jesus said to them, and he says to you today, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. What's he saying? He's saying, you can give yourself to me. You can choose to be a saint. And I will open my heart to you. In my father's house are many rooms or are many mansions the king james version appropriately translates it or the literal meaning is in my father's house are many places to stay many places to stay to live if it were not so i would have told you i'm going there to prepare a place for you this is personal with jesus he wants to prepare you Yes, you. He wants to prepare a place for you where you can dwell with him for eternity. But in order for that to happen, you must be a saint. No sinners will enter that great city. 
He says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the place where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way or I am the path. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, this is personal with Jesus. He cares about you. He wants you to care about him in the same way he cares about you. He laid down his life for you, and now he's asking, will you lay down your life for me? Or are you going to continue in the traditions of religion? Are you going to continue being full of yourself? Are you going to continue walking as a sinner, all the while claiming some knowledge of me and some loose relationship with me? I confronted one man who walked in great wickedness. I confronted him with Jesus. And he said, Oh, Pastor, don't worry about me. I have a special arrangement with Jesus. He understands who I am, and he knows that I have to do these things. I said, no, my brother. There are no special arrangements for sin with Jesus. You either take up your cross and follow Jesus and die to self, or you will not be included in that place in heaven. He was obviously not pleased by my response, and he never came to church again, and when I reached out to him and went to his place of business, he was quite embarrassed by the thuggery that I found in his business. But he was unwilling, for the sake of money, to surrender to Jesus Christ. Instead, he fed on the illusion the romantic, sentimental illusion that he had a special arrangement with Jesus. There are no special arrangements. There is only the cross. Now what's astonishing to me about this passage is that Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you. I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you to be with me. We're going to live together through eternity. But then we find in the same chapter, a few verses later, he says in verse 19, Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. We today are to see Jesus in the Spirit we are to be so close to him that we can reach out and we can see him. He's real. Because I live, you also will live. In other words, when we give ourselves to him as a saint, we serve him. We walk in his commands. We have totally abandoned the way of the world the way of the flesh, the way of the devil, we have abandoned that. We are now utterly given over to Jesus. 
And please, could I just say this? Giving ourselves to Jesus is not, let me say it again, giving ourselves to Jesus, surrendering to Jesus, is not an end in itself. It is merely the door through which we pass, and there are continents of grace to be discovered. There are continents of grace to be discovered on the great adventure with Jesus Christ. Many of you have not ventured through that door because it seems to be a dead end to you. It is not a dead end. It is the door into eternity. It is the door into the greatest adventure you will ever have. You will never be loved by anyone anywhere like you will be loved by Jesus. I can tell you I have I've never been loved by another person as I experienced this morning the love of Jesus in the prayer closet. It was as though he was inviting me to discover another continent of grace. No. Some of you are willing to struggle all of your life against sin, pretending that you're trying as hard as you can, and perhaps you are even trying as hard as you can, but you just keep failing. Well, of course you're going to keep failing until you come to Jesus and absolutely confess your inability, the total lack of power in your life, that you cannot overcome this sin. You cannot overcome that bitterness. It just flows from your heart. This is when you come to Jesus and you ask him to come and do it in you. You see, the Christian walk is not a walk of self-improvement. It is a walk of total denial of myself, my own power, my own ability, my own sophistication, my own education, my own ugliness or my own handsomeness. It is where I deny me. And I say, Jesus, I must have you. And I'm now going to put my confidence and my faith in your power to change me and to make me a saint. And he will do it. And instead of being a dead end, instead of spending the rest of the years of your life in this bitter battle with sin, you will be given the victory. You will be brought through the cross. Many of you insist on staying at the foot of the cross where you kneel and confess, and the Catholic Church still has Jesus on the cross. I want to tell you, Jesus is not on the cross. He is risen in victory over sin and over darkness and over sickness. He has risen in victory over everything that attacks the human heart from the devil's heart. And now he's willing to draw you through the cross into a great and grand resurrection day. How miserable I would be 
if I had to continue walking in the degradation of my sin, in the shame of my sin, in the wickedness of my own heart. If there was no victory, how could I come and preach? I would have all men been most miserable, and the whole gospel of Jesus would have been a complete fraud. I want to tell you, Jesus is not a fraud. It's the most real thing in all of the universe that Jesus comes and takes this, as C.S. Lewis says, this little tin soldier who fights so against being made into a real man. The little tin soldier doesn't want to lose its tin. But oh, what a glorious thing it will be if that little tin man allows himself to be crucified with Christ and he arises as a flesh and blood man full of life and vigor and love, victory. That's for you today. Now he says, verse 18, this is John 14, verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. This is not in heaven. This is now. He's saying, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan while I go to prepare a place for you. I'm going to come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live on that day, on the day you are made alive, on the day you become a saint, on the day you surrender your sin and you confess your inability and your weakness and your heart longs after God when you pant after Jesus, when you say, I must have Jesus, when you hate your sin. And that too is a gift from Jesus. It says, on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you right now. This is a present experience there is a future experience coming where Jesus has prepared a place for us and we will go there for eternity. But right now there is a real place for you as a saint of God where you willingly give up the selfishness of your heart, the sin of your love for darkness. There is a place for you in Jesus a place that will warm your heart and overflow you with his love. It is a place where he will dwell in you and you in him. Verse 21, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love him and show myself to him. People say to me, oh, Jesus doesn't come to us today. All we have are the scriptures. What heresy before God. Is Jesus a liar? He tells us the truth. He is the truth. And the truth is, there is a place for you in Jesus Christ. There is a place he will hollow out inside of you, where he will come and dwell in you in righteousness, not in sin. He will dwell in your weakness. He will dwell in your powerlessness. And he will be everything for you. 
He will equip you with himself. He will pour himself out into you. He will dwell in you. Now, what are his commands? His commands, given very clearly in the Sermon on the Mount, deny yourself, turn away from your wickedness and confess your weakness, take up your cross, and follow me. Only Jesus can give you the power to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow him. But he will grant that to you if you will begin to confess before him your total lack of ability and ask him as you lay down your pride to come and dwell in you. Now, I don't mean to offend you, please. But I am obligated to speak the truth in love to you. Many of you have created your own religious life. You've created your own being. You came to Jesus and you accepted him. And then you took all of this worldly flesh that you have. You took all of your abilities. Your ability to make money. Your ability to preach. Your ability to convince people. You took all of your natural abilities. And you said, I will use these to serve God. And the truth is, Jesus wants none of your natural abilities. The truth is, all of those natural abilities have to be left at the place of crucifixion, for there you must die to your natural abilities. Now, you must understand. You must receive Jesus Christ, the person, the God the Savior, the Lord. And in your weakness, you must cast off all of your so-called strengths. And you must say, Jesus, make me into a new person. Many of you are satisfied with the religion that you have created for yourself. And you're very busy going about taking care of the church some of you are cleaning the church. Some of you are passing out programs. Some of you are deacons. Some of you are deaconesses. Some of you are armor bearers. Some of you are preachers. And you're walking totally in your flesh. You're walking in a sanctified flesh. You should know there is no such thing as sanctified flesh. There's no such thing as sanctified natural abilities. All of those must go to the cross. I see people come to Jesus and then off they run, running into all kinds of painful difficulties, but they are on their way and they're angry at other people who don't do what they think they should do. And a spirit of judgmentalism rises up in their hearts, a sure sign that they're functioning in their natural, so-called sanctified life. Anger, bitterness, and judgment are certainly signs that you have not yet come into Jesus Christ. Fornication. Pornography. 
lying, cheating, stealing, indulgence of the flesh, ambition, a love of money. These are all signs that you have not yet understood the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some people say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. If you've been saved by grace, you're no longer a sinner. It's an oxymoron. But in the artificial make-believe religion of our day, you can continue to walk in your flesh and in your sin. And then you go to church and the pastor wants to grab a hold of you. Oh, sister, I see that you can do that. Let's make you a deaconess. Oh, brother, I see that you can do that. Let's make you whatever. Let's give people positions and authority so that they'll continue in the church. One person I spoke with, I said, why are you in that church? They don't preach holiness. And they answered, because I can be an armor bearer here. Really? Another one said, I can be a deacon here. I can be an usher here. I can be somebody here. I said, that's what you want, is to be a servant in the house of God. You want to be somebody. Yes, that's what I want. That person doesn't know Jesus yet. (laughs) I don't mean to offend you, but let's get real with this. Our eternal salvation is hanging in the balance. You can't be somebody and be a follower of Jesus Christ. The crucifixion means you stop being somebody. You lay your life down. You're not going to let people fawn over you. You're not going to set yourself up as in the chicken coop, the top of the pecking order. You're just not going to do that. When you're crucified with Christ, you enter into the whole new life. And the natural abilities are all put on the cross. I have to confess to you. I have not had the natural ability to preach the word of God. I was trained in expository preaching and homiletics. I studied the Greek and the Hebrew. I did my graduate degree, my Master's of Divinity, a three-year graduate program, had a full scholarship. All that I thought I was, I've had to lay down at the cross. And I've had to recognize that I have no ability to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and touch the life of another person. It is only the Holy Spirit that can touch the life of another person. I prayed today as I came to this broadcast. I said, Lord, I can't do this. I I don't know how to speak. Like Moses, I'm slow of speech. My intellect is dull. There's so much I don't know, so much I don't understand. I come in weakness. And I said, Holy Spirit, I don't want to use you to touch the hearts of people. I want you to take this poor servant of yours 
and put words in my mouth that will be from your heart, and I will not claim them. And often I'm in this studio and the presence of God just falls. It's almost like the word is being dictated to me. And I say, oh, Jesus, mighty God, use this poor servant of yours as you choose. And no glory will come to me. All the glory will go to you, Jesus. Now I sense in the Spirit that some of you are very rebellious against what I'm saying. For you have established yourself in the church as somebody, somebody of dignity, somebody who should be respected, someone whom people should look up to, and at work, you're somebody that is a lead, and you should be respected and treated according to your position and to your great ability. And you get angry when people don't recognize how important you are. You're still a sinner. You're not a saint. A saint has to be crucified. A saint has to die out to their pride. That's the command of the Lord that he wants us to keep. He wants to come and dwell in us. He wants intimate fellowship with us. But in order for that intimate fellowship, he says, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teachings. My Father will love him and we will come to him. Not just Jesus, but the Holy Spirit and the Father. We will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teachings. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Are you a sinner or are you a saint? That's a very personal question for Jesus to ask you. He will consider it a personal insult if you reject him personally. He wants you. He loves you. Almighty God, I know your presence is here right now. I thank you. And Lord, I cannot bring these dear people into a place of repentance. I can't bring them to a place of the cross. I can't encourage their hearts with you. Jesus, this is all the work that you by your Spirit must do in them. And I'm standing by faith that right now you are moving in the hearts of men and women in this great congregation and you are ministering to their broken heart and you are calling them to make a decision to become a true saint. Lord, would you have your way? Would you minister to them now? 
Lord, would you speak to them and bring them to conviction in every area where they are still holding on to their precious life? Lord, a man will not die easily or quickly. I recognize, Jesus, that you must come Many times, time after time after time, you have come to these brothers and sisters and you have called them to a deeper place. You've called them to be made righteous. You've called them to leave their sin behind. But they have clung to their wickedness. And again today you come and say, Today is the day of salvation. Will you confess your sin? Will you get right with me? Lord, I know that's what you're saying. I know your heart longs for a deep place of abiding with every person listening to this broadcast. Lord, please come. Jesus, please come. Do the work that only you can do in the life of a human person. Lord, do the work of conviction and changing. Put such hatred and such sorrow in the hearts of your people. Lord, reveal to them the full extent of the wickedness that still remains in their hearts. Lord, when I look at you, I have left my sin, but I still see my utter, absolute dependence upon you. I see my immaturity. I see my infirmities. I see those places where I have been still bent. Oh, Lord, I plead that you would grow me up I plead that you would fill me with your presence. Even more so than you have, Lord, there is such a longing in my heart for you, Jesus. I am hungry for you, Jesus. I give you all that I possess. I give you all of the talent that you gave to me when I was born. I give to you, Jesus, all of my relationships and friendships. I give to you the National Prayer Chapel. I give to you the radio program Pilgrim's Progress. Lord, I give to you all that I am and all that I have. And confess that I am weak, but that you are strong. And I long to know you better. I long to know the full deliverance from every attack of Satan. Lord, sometimes when he attacks, I go down in despair and sorrow. Lord, expose his lies. Expose them in my heart that I can utterly reject the lies of the devil, that I can walk in the fullness of joy and fellowship and peace, rejoicing forevermore in you, Jesus. And I will praise you and thank you Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. 
I'm Ray Greenley. I pastor the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. If your heart is stirred, you want to know more of this Jesus, and you want to walk in accord with him, then I ask you to make whatever sacrifice is necessary to be at the National Prayer Chapel. Two minutes. We are a company of people dedicated to giving up everything of the flesh and following after our Maker and being filled to the fullness with the Holy Spirit. I invite you to come and worship with us this Sunday. The worship time is 12 noon. The location is we rent space from the All Saints Anglican Church. It's located at 14851 Gideon Drive, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. That's the All Saints Anglican Church, 14851 Gideon Drive, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. Now, go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, and you'll find sermons and podcasts. You'll find things that will strengthen you in this walk with Jesus. My brother, my sister, there's a heaven to win and a hell to lose. God bless you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Of his glory.